You're listening to RTI Audio, powered by Rocky Top Insider. This is Pancakes and Bacon with VFL, Tyler Kerbison, and Reed Bacon. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Pancakes and Bacon. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison, joining with Reed Bacon. Have another great podcast for you. We are talking NFL draft, uh, all of our Vols and where they ended up and if they're great fits for those guys. Uh, Reed also gets a little bit into the Titans draft and maybe how disappointed he is in that. But before we get into any of this, um, if you guys are watching, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. If you're just listening, rate and review, download and re-download and follow us on those listening platforms. Also follow us on social media at rbacon26 for read, at Kyler Kerbison for myself on all social medias. And then at uh, Pancakes and Bacon on Twitter, at Pancakes and Bacon underscore RTI on Instagram for our main pages. Um, and just really appreciate you guys. Thank you always so much for watching and listening. But uh, let's jump on in this podcast. All right. Welcome in, everybody. Got another, I think, great episode. I think my co-host will agree. Uh, we're talking about NFL draft. We're also doing a little big orange juice. So I'm telling you guys a juicy story for my plan days. But first, before we get into all that, Reed, how are we doing, bud? Kyler, hello. Happy Sunday. Happy weekend, everyone. Great day. This is going to be a good pod. I'm very, very excited about this one. Um, it's So, real quick, we're going to talk about the draft. We're going to talk about where some guys went, the landing spots. I got a lot to say about some of those things. Um, then we're going to talk and bring back the big orange juice, which, which I'm thoroughly fired up about. Um, I just said all of those things. I know, but I'm just excited. I guess you did just say all those, but I'm just excited. But anyways, so this will be, I don't know if you're going to get this out. I'm guessing we're only going to do one this week. Yeah, this will be so Wednesday. I don't, I don't know if you'll get, you're going to get this out Wednesday. I don't know if you're going to get out Tuesday. If it is Wednesday, though, Wednesday is May 3rd, your boy's birthday. I'm getting old. <laughs> when you guys are watching this, your boy will be 3-2. That's old. How's that feel? It, it feels weird, bro. It feels really weird. 30, 30 mess with me, but since then, I'm like, whatever. Every you know? fan that's over 32 is going to put in the comments and be like, Reed, shut your mouth. <laughs> oh, I know. I But they but they get it. They've been here at some point, so they know yeah. how they know how it feels getting older. So, no, I know. Uh, yeah, so my birthday was when – listen to this. And I had no idea it was going to happen. So, um, Megan and I went to mass this morning as we usually do. If I'm in town and we don't go for us on a Saturday afternoon, then we usually always go 11 a.m. Uh, mass at Sacred Heart. And so we're there and they're and they're up and they're doing the uh, intentions, you know, you know, praying for for different people. And yeah. uh, at the end, the very last one he goes and we want to pray for. And a lot of times they'll say the repose of the soul because the person's passed away. And they said, today we want to pay, uh, pray as the Mass is in honor of Reed Bacon. And I was like, no. so, I'm, so I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there and I've, I've got my eyes closed, and my hands crossed like I'm a three-year-old. But that's what I like to do. I like to have hands crossed. And 
So it's, you know, pray for, for, uh, you know, peace or whatever. And it's, um, Lord, hear our prayer. And so he says, read bacon. I go, and I was like, did I just hear that? <laughs> and so I look over to Megan and she like, looks at me like, and so we're like, is there another read bacon? We're like, <laughs> Hell no, there ain't another Reed Bacon. And I was like, not that we know of. I was like, there's not another Reed Bacon that goes to Sacred Heart. And then I looked at her and I was like, did you do that for my birthday? And she's like, no, I wish I would have. And I was like, maybe your mom did. And she's like, I, I don't think so, but maybe. And I was like, and then I it didn't hit me. And I was like, I bet Tyler, I bet Tyler and Mari did it. So I get I get back to my car and I text Tyler and he said, yeah, Colby and Joey wanted to do that for your birthday. <laughs> and uh, it I... I, it, it shook me, bro. Like it legit shook me. I was like, wow, like this is an honor. I mean, like literally, you know, now, and, and, and this might be, uh, this might be a little different for some people that are either, um, you know, whether they're not Christian or whether they're not even Catholic, Yeah. but, but like, and you might think, yeah, there's a mass every day. Mass happens every Sunday, but I've never had a mass in my honor. That was extremely, extremely special. I was shook when I realized like, I was like, oh, my gosh. And so Flora and I were both like, so then we went and got the bulletin afterwards, the, the one that they pass out when you're leaving and it right there it said. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, and then Tyler said, yeah, like Tyler said that, you know, that he set it up for my birthday. And I was just so speech. I was almost speechless. And I was like, dude, I wish I would have known. I would have like made my dad go with us this morning instead of him going to East Minister. And then like I would have worn like a suit. I mean, I just like. I don't know. It's just something I never thought would happen, but to have a mass, like it's, it's special. I mean, that was really special. So that was probably one of the coolest Christmas gifts. I mean, uh, coolest birthday gifts I've gotten. So that was pretty wild for me. So that's awesome. I'm glad yeah. you got that. Yeah. So how was your weekend? Not bad. Um, I don't really feel like I've done much, uh, just been doing stuff around the house, laundry and grocery shopping and all that. All that good stuff. Uh, watching the draft, really. I mean, that's did you actually watch it? Yeah, that's when most like watching the draft, or I did watch like um, uh, the Barstool their like live stream when they did like the first round, which I thought that was kind of funny. I was like flipping back and forth between those. Um, but typical weekend, I didn't. <laughs> Did not have anything as special as you had, so yeah. I don't know if any story could compete with that one. But yeah, uh, uh, well, on bad. on on Wednesday for my birthday, will you be sending me my ritual? Uh, you and your birthday suit for my birthday. <laughs> just make just a special just, gift for you. <laughs> just just make people think they're listening that I just wake up every May third with a neck of picture. Every May third, every single one of your guy friends from high school just. Pictures of everything. Just a bunch of naked dudes on my phone. <laughs> I literally thought about. I thought about. I was like, I was like, maybe I should like send Reed like the 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 gift on Elf where it's like the lingerie, and he's like for your special someone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just open that up. You're like, what the hell? Yeah. Oh goodness. Um. So, you know, I love the draft, bro. I eat this up. It's one of my favorite weekends of the year, literally. So like Thursday, I always do. I always pick up Buffalo Wild Wings on the Thursday night. So, um, yeah, grab me some beat ups locked in. And uh, then then Saturday or then Friday night, I I told I told Megan, I was like, hey, you're more than welcome to come over. 
and I'll pick us some food up or we can go get an early dinner. But by seven, I want to be back. And so I ended up, but my mom and sister are out of town. So I ended up actually watching a majority of it with my dad. We sat outside and had a drink and a cigar and we watched the draft and then listened to the baseball game. And then thanks to you, we got to watch some of the baseball game because your ESPN plus is still signed in to our TV. You're so welcome. we got to, we got to watch it. We got to watch it, which by the way, that baseball team, I'm very happy for them. They, uh, I, I wrote them off. I got, I got a no, no, I didn't write them off, but I definitely was like, ah, someone, I'm someone not. said the comparison like Ole Miss was when they won, like they weren't as good during the regular season. Like we beat them. Like they were just kind of under the radar and then they got hot right towards the end, which, Looks like our boys are doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm just really happy for them because to 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 come back from how good that team was last year and the expectations of this year, but and to be able, I mean, you and I know, and people that have played sports and have done stuff, it can be really tough to stop a slide when you're sliding in the wrong direction. It mm-hmm. is it's really hard because it's mentally and you're you might start pressing and getting in your own head and you're just like you know. But anyway, so. Awesome to watch that. Awesome to see the 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 Tennessee guys get drafted. Um, and I sent a tweet out. I do really think it's more important about where you go than when you're drafted. And Truly. I and I firmly believe, besides two of the guys, and I'm saying drafted or on on or free agents. I think basically two of them are all of them, but two went to great spots. Mm-hmm. We'll dive into that. Uh, and then lastly, to finish up before we kind of dive into it is it was brutal weekend for the Titans. I, <laughs> I was like, we're, I'm going to have to either lead him into this. I don't know if he's going to want to talk about it, but. It, it messed me up for a hot minute, bro. My phone started blowing up. Some people straight laughing at me. Somebody, a couple of my buddies were like, bro, I'm so sorry. Like, I feel for you. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Because, you know, the, but the, fir- the first night went great. I'm sitting there, I'm eating my wings, and the Colts are up, and I'm like, please draft Will Levis. Please draft. And they take Anthony Richardson. And I'm and I'm happy about that as a Titans fan. The fact that C.J. Stroud is going to Houston and Anthony Richardson's going to Indy; those are two fresh uh, rookie quarterbacks. And I don't think either of them are going to be good. So as a Titans fan, I love that. Well, and then we- I, literally, when when Anthony Richardson went to the Colts, I thought in my head, I was like, "What a great opportunity to push Colts like Vol Colts fans back to the Titans of like you don't want to root for a Florida quarterback." like do well with the Colts, like come, come back to the Titans. Cause there's so many that are freaking Colts fans just because of Peyton. It's like, that's over with like, come back to your hometown team. Well, to be honest, I knew some of those, they, they, they're not Colts fans anymore because they went Broncos. And then once he went to the Broncos, they became Broncos fans. And then when he retired, I guess they just don't really root for anybody or they'll pick up another Tennessee player, you know, like they might be Detroit fans now because of Hendon or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then we get Peter Skaronsky, and I'm like, I'm fired up. You know, I'm offensive defensive line. I'm all about it. I love it. I mean, everything that you read, everything that you see is this guy is going to be a stud, a 10-year pro. There's people that are saying he's going to be an all-pro pro bowler. He can play inside. He can play outside. If he plays inside, you know, he'll be fantastic. I went and started reading about it. The dude played because of Rashawn um, – who was their really the really really good offensive tackle that got taken? Rashawn Slater, I think, was from Northwestern. I think's his name. Yeah, he, Slater. I, that sounds familiar. I, yeah, I forgot he opted out of the entire 2020 season, the COVID year, before he got drafted. Hmm. Peter came in, Kyler, and started as, at left tackle for Northwestern as a true freshman. That's wild. 
That is I don't wild. know. I don't know if there's anything more difficult besides starting as a quarterback than a left tackle as a true freshman. I would not. I mean, that's that's crazy. So I was pumped. I'm going in the first night. I'm like, okay, this is great. We didn't do anything stupid. And then I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm sitting there eating dinner and I'm watching it, and it says trade alert. And trade alerts always spook me because last year I'm still having PTSD from when we traded AJ Brown. So it says trade alert. And the next thing I know, my phone starts going off and I, and I literally take it and I turn it over. You and I sit, and I sit the there. I, yourself. Well, because I'm like, what'd you say? I said, you want to see the travesty yourself? Well, I was hoping it wasn't, I was hoping people were saying, Hey, you guys are the ones trading. So I flipped the phone over and it says, sure enough, Titans for the trade. And I said, I said, please, please no, please no. I'm like, they really have to like someone to trade up. And really, they didn't give up anything but a third last year. So I'm happy they didn't give anything up for this year's draft because now they have an entire year to gain that pick back, um, you know, with trades or whatever they may do. And I, I was like, I don't know who else they're going to trade up for unless they got a receiver they love, you know, maybe another really, you know, like a corner they love, but we don't really need corners. So who are you really going to – and it says Will Levis and all – my like, I mean, my heart, my heart really sank, bro. My heart sank, not only because I think the guy is like pretty douchey and pretty lame. I just don't think he's a good quarterback. It'd be different if he no. was good. It'd be different if I thought he was good and I just didn't like him because he played for Kentucky and the guy's lame-o or what, like Stetson. Like, like Stetson, I don't, I'm not saying Stetson's going to be good in the NFL. I think he went to a great spot, but like, even though I didn't like Stetson, I can admit that he was good for, he was good for, for Georgia. He was, he was an above, in my opinion, we've talked about it before. He's an above just a game manager. That dude made plays. Well, so, I, I compare him to like a Alex Smith when he's with San Francisco. Who? Uh, Stetson Bennett. Yeah, I think Stetson was probably. It's like he's a little mobile and he's like managing what he's doing. He, you know, throws for maybe like 210, a couple touchdowns every game and like no turnovers. Like that's kind of what Stetson is. Just like let everybody else do what they need to do. Well, and, and I don't disagree with that, and I actually really agree with the stat line. But I, there were times where I'm watching a game and Stetson makes plays that I don't expect that a game a game manager would not make. But anyways, that's true. My point is, if 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 I thought Will Levis was really good, but I just thought he was a douche, then I'd be like kind of bummed. But I'd be like, okay, he's on my team now. But I don't think he's going to be good. And I'm like, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, well, I guess I hope he's good now because he's on the Titans. We gave up a very 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 high second round or we yeah we, we we took we didn't give away on the trade but like we took him the very very high second round pick so i'm just sitting there and i'm not doing well like i said my phone was blowing up i got buddies sending me hat like laughy faces people are like i'm gonna get you a jersey actually i think nathan said that nathan <laughs> that listens to the pod and um and i'm just like i don't know man but so you're a titans fan too like what, what did you i mean you were just bummed too uh yeah, obviously, I I hate I I do not like the pick. Um, Will Levis is not a good quarterback in my eyes. I think he has a lot of strength. I think he is a big dude. Uh, I think he is mobile for his size, but that doesn't mean he's a good quarterback. I think he's a horrible decision maker. I think he has to have a running game. If there isn't a running game, he's screwed. Like if he's coming from behind like it's just not it's just not who he is and again the decision making like it's not like that's just what are you going to do about that it, anyways i 
honestly, this compared to what has happened in the past of like the AJ Brown trade and the Isaiah Wilson pick and like some of those other things is not as bad in my eyes. So plus plus I'm already like we hit our high like a couple years ago. Yeah. We're about we're, we're about to be down. Like we like we are rebuilding right now. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and I don't disagree. We had our windows 2019, 2020, and 2021. Um, so I don't disagree. The weird thing is, is like I feel like we're never out of it with because of the division we're in and because of rapes. And that's the one thing of like years past, I would always be nervous about the draft because I never trusted our front office and I and I, I didn't know how much our coach input had. And I never really trusted any of our coaches. But you know how much I love Braves, just like I love Hypo. Mm-hmm. So like going in the draft, I'm like, you know what? Don't be nervous because you do trust Braves. But Braves can get the maybe the one thing that I get a little frustrated with him about is I feel like sometimes he can have that little bit of like an ego where I don't think he thinks he knows more than other people, but I think he gets annoyed with like media and people questioning him. So Mm -hmm. therefore he's like, it makes him like a screw it. I'm going to do what I, you know, my way anyways. I don't know, but you know, it's Rand Carthon's first, first draft. Um, I've seen some people give the Titans a lot of good, a lot of good, like grades, which those grades. Well, I mean, hell, Will Levis was great as a top five pick before the draft. So it's like, Oh, you got him at 30 something. Like that's really good. Exactly. Mel Kuyper's like, which I don't, I don't get involved in all that. I just, I'm like, I trust my eyes and I trust what I see and I watch Will and I don't think he's good. I mean, even with, if my, if I was the Colts and we took Anthony Richardson fourth overall, I would be bummed, even though I watched him play in person one of the best games he played. The Tennessee game was one of the better games he played and I thought he looked fantastic, but in no way would I ever want my team to go fourth overall, you know, with, with him. But I, yeah. That's just my opinion. They they look at it. The Colts the Colts have been a quarterback away in their eyes for the past three or four or five years, and they've tried the veteran route. So I guess they're like, we'll just do this and whatever. Not much is going to change. I guess is how they look at it. But, um, anyways, it was. Uh, other than that, I, I'm fine with the draft. I mean, our wide rec- yeah our wide our wide receiver core is a disaster. But the Titans are going to win eight games this year, nine games, probably yeah, be in the hunt for the division. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's our division is. Not great. So it's like you never know what might happen. CJ Stroud being a rookie, like that might be two wins there. Anthony Richardson, two wins. Like I Jacksonville's our biggest threat right now, just because now the Trevor Lawrence has some years under his belt. Yeah, and it's not even really Trevor Lawrence. I'm more worried about Dougie P. I, I just think they finally have a good coach down there. So um, anyways. I, I love the draft. I'm already excited for next year's. Like I said, I look forward, and I'm I'm really really happy. And before I get get your thoughts, I want to just go ahead on 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 a little soapbox moment. So so bear with me. I'm going to try to be as efficient as possible. Okay. And I, and, and I have a timer here, so it's eighteen seventeen, and yeah. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. So this is this. I'm very very happy for all the Tennessee players that got drafted. I want nothing but the best for them. My point to this soapbox moment is how impressed I am with Coach Heupel and how in my heart, and I've said on this podcast many times, I truly, truly think he's a top five coach in in in, in college football. For me, Kyler, I'm probably only going to take Saban over him and maybe – 
honestly, honestly, in my opinion, I may only take Saban over Coach Heupel. Like, I'm not taking Dabo over him. I'm not taking Kirby over him. Like I said, for me, for me, I'm not arguing who's more accomplished. Those coaches have won national championships. I'm saying for me personally, do you think without Coach Heupel, Hendon Hooker gets drafted in the third round? Nope. Okay. Do you think without Coach Heupel, Jalen Hyatt gets drafted in his position? Nope. Cedric Tillman? Nope. Okay. Um, do you think that – Darnell Wright? Nope. Okay. So you even with – yeah, I, I and I agree with you. I agree with you. Okay. Then you go to some of these undrafted – let's go back to last year, Alante Taylor. Did you ever think that that guy was going to be a second-round draft pick? Nope. Never. Okay. Now I could I, I could maybe be a fringe on the Matthew Butler because it was he was a fifth round guy, but I still think that he really really improved under this coaching staff. I agree. All of those guys to say, I use those examples to show how important coaching is and how much it matters. That you can get the guys in, and whether you get a five star in, two star, three star, four star, walk on, whatever. You have to maximize them. And that is what I've always been saying. And I don't want I, I put a bet in I put a bet in with a buddy that I don't think Kendon Hooker will can you hear Annie? Or is this just me? Okay, no, good. Uh, she's yapping her head off in the other room, but as long as you all can't hear, it doesn't matter. I put a bet in over the weekend and I do not want this to be negative that I don't like Kendon Hooker. I I always want any Tennessee guys, but I bet that I don't think Kendon Hooker will ever be a consistent starter in the NFL. I, I just don't. And it's, and it's for me, it's because I believe that it, it was more of Hypel than it was of Hendon. Now, Hendon had to make the throws and, 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 and hit the guys when they're open. And I'm going to tell you right now, I thought the best thing Hendon did was his pocket awareness and making plays out of nothing. That, that's what I thought hit the best thing that he did for our offense. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of quarterbacks can, that can hit Jalen Hyatt, Brew McCoy wide open. There's a lot of college quarterbacks that can hit that dig route when someone's on their back. I mean, he made good throws, good tight window throws. But I still think the best thing he did was work his way up in the pocket, you know, get out, get two or three yards here and there, keep that momentum going. He had some long, beautiful runs. I personally just don't see that happening in the NFL. And I hope I'm wrong. And I'll also say this, that I'll tie this in after I stop my soapbox. I think Detroit is an unbelievably great spot for him. Can't believe I'm saying that about Detroit, but I love Detroit and how they're going. I, I, I love Dev Campbell. I love that offense coordinator. He'll probably be a head coach in the next year or so. People forget they had the best offense, I think, even towards the end of the year in the NFL. Yeah. To wrap this up, I just think it is so incredibly important to not only have a coach that is great on game day, that is clearly great on game week, but that has built a great culture that you and I love, but has gotten the most out of his players. And that is because the way he coaches them and pushes them or because of how he puts them in roles to succeed. Those are two different things. He can be really good at coaching somebody up at practice, letting them little things here and there that really help craft their game. But he also puts them in a position to succeed on Saturdays. Your thoughts. I completely agree with you. Uh, I think if Jeremy Pruitt is still our head coach, those guys do not get drafted where they got drafted. 
either way later rounds or undrafted guys. Um, and you can just look back at the stats. You can look back at how Jalen was seen as like, oh, he had some, you know, shot plays when he's a freshman, but hasn't really done much. And the way Cedric was seen is like, he hadn't caught many balls at all. And then first season under Hypel, he goes over a thousand yards. It's like, whoa, where was he? Um, it, it's obvious. It's obvious that Hypel has made a change in this program. And how important, like you said, all those things, how important it is to show I can get guys drafted. Guys are going to be drafted when it when they when you come to Tennessee, your your dream is a reality. You can be drafted when you come to Tennessee. Like that is the biggest thing for literally every recruit. They want to get to the NFL. That is their ultimate goal. So having that and like we were one of the top teams in amount of draft picks in the SEC. Alabama was the only one ahead of us. And it's like that's a big that's a big deal <laughs> to get that many guys drafted. Um so I I even forgot. So Patrick Brown of 247, I think that's who he works for. Unbelievable tweet. I know someone, a bunch of people have seen this. It went the rounds. The 2020 Tennessee offense yeah. is up to 10 NFL draft picks. So that was a funny tweet. I, I also say this. I forgot to mention VJ, Velas Jones, that got drafted last year. I would maybe allow someone to argue that VJ gets drafted. Javante. And, and um, yeah, Someone can argue that Alante was going to get drafted, but no one can tell me that he was going to go second round without this coaching staff. That That's my opinion. Now, VJ was going to get drafted. I don't think it was would have been as high if it hadn't been in Heupel's offense. And someone else could have argued with me that Cade Mays would have probably been drafted late or definitely uh, undrafted free agent. He's one of those guys, but, I, but the, the, the coaching still helped him. So say if I give you two, they're still, um, like I said, Cedric, Jalen, um, uh, Darnell, who would have been drafted, but not nearly that high, and then Hendon. I mean, that's that's guys right there alone that that I can prove. Now, this is funny. This is also a point that we make about Tennessee. You know, when when Tennessee was rolling uh, back in the '90s with Fulmer, Fulmer was a great recruiter. That's what yeah. he was. He was a great recruiter. He wasn't great on game day. He could absolutely recruit with the best of them. And those guys that he would bring in are high four and five star guys, and some three star guys that they would, you know, develop. But it was more about, hey, he's really good. He's the best of the best. And now he's going to the NFL because he's just he's just really, you know, you see what I'm saying? Like, he's yeah. he, he, whether, he went, whether he went to Tennessee, you know, another SEC school, he's still going to the league. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Tennessee's so good about putting players in, but now it's because of the development that the coaches have asked. And this is funny, too. Ty Chandler. You know, he gets to go to the NFL, but that doesn't change if he's not at Tennessee. So that's like one that we could have kept. Yeah, I'm saying now I'm saying add these numbers to the wall at Tennessee because Ty Chandler was going to go to the league whether he stayed with us or he went to North Carolina. Air Gray was definitely going to the league. Yeah. I, and when I say this, I'm saying getting opportunities. I'm not going to say they're going to be great. Air Gray was definitely going to the league whether he was with us or Oklahoma. Wanye Morris, who got drafted a little bit higher than I expected, he was going to the league whether he was with us or Oklahoma. So it's like Oklahoma's going to be able to claim those guys with the people they put in the league. And I hate to say it, guys, but Henry Toa Toa was a 1,000% going to the league, whether he was here, Alabama, or freaking Utah State. 
I mean, yeah. the guy, the guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. He was going to get an opportunity. Which so, is why I thought it was dumb that he was going to Alabama. <laughs> except to win championships, which he didn't do. So he can exactly. have <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, just think if that's Wanye, Ty, Eric, and Henry, I mean, that's four guys right there that could be added to the list of guys that Tennessee put in the league for the overall you know, term. Um, and I even saw that Tennessee, I think, is tied right now with the longest lead of putting a wide receiver in for the past like four or five years, uh, which yeah. is fantastic. And that that streak is not going to end because I think Brew gets drafted next year. Um, Ramel, the year after R- that. R- Ramel could get drafted. Yeah. Dante Thornton depends on his. D- d- we don't know what transfer is going to come in and maybe blow up. And, and I think go Squirrel out. gets drafted. Yeah. Squirrel will get drafted. It might not be next. It won't be next year because he's only no. going to be. A- sophomore but anyways it's a it's amazing to have a coach that can develop Tennessee has always put people in the pros because we're Tennessee and we were always recruiting the best and it's why I've always always said wait until coach Heupel gets legitimately blue chip dogs that are good no matter where they go that's why I'm saying Hendon Hooker fantastic what he did for Tennessee last year, fantastic. But you take the God-given talent that Nico has and you match him up with Heupel, you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's wild. And, and like, for example, what, what would happen, Kyler, what would happen in this offense if you – this is the Blitnikoff winner. You take Jalen Hyatt off this offense and give and co- give Coach Heupel Marvin Harrison Jr. It, it'd be insane. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be insane. So It really would. I, I I mean, I completely agree with you. Like the fact, and it's and it's proof in the pudding. The fact that Hendon was the way he was at Virginia Tech, and then he comes to Tennessee, and now he is who he is, and now he's getting drafted to this point. It's an example of some guys. It doesn't. It, it matters where they go. It matters what team they end up on, what offense are in, what defense are in for them to get drafted. Others, they're just freaks. Jadavion Clowney was talked about as he could go to the NFL out of high school. Like, that shit did not matter where he went. He was getting drafted no matter what. Well, if you want to use a Tennessee example, Trey Smith. Trey Smith. Trey Smith from West Tennessee. Just hypothetically, if he'd just gone to Memphis for whatever reason, he's going to the NFL. If yeah. he decided to go to Arkansas or Mississippi State or Ole Miss, he's going to the NFL. He chose Tennessee. He's going to the NFL. You can't say that about Hendon, three-star Jalen, Two star said, you know, it and and one and uh Darnell was a high, high recruit. He was a high recruit, but that doesn't mean that you're going top ten. Yeah. Top and 10. and under a Jeremy Pruitt offense, nobody was looking. Nobody was watching that offense and watching for Darnell and watching to see what his play was like. Imagine how bad the offense is, and then Darnell goes up against Will Anderson in the Bama game, and it's like our offense is horrible. They beat us by 30. No one watches that film. No one's like, oh, yeah, look at that game that Darnell had versus Will where they scored 17 points. Yeah. So. Completely agree. Completely agree. Okay. I've done a lot of talking so far. What do you feel like uh, about where they went, whether where they're selected or teams? What what did you think about it? I think it's I, – I, I agree with you. A good amount of them I liked exactly where they went. And we can just kind of go down the list. But yeah. Darnell going to Chicago – I love uh, Chicago needed help on the offensive line because they're trying to protect their future in Justin Fields. The way they run their offense, the running quarterback, 
and play action passes and things of that nature are going to fit perfectly in Darnell's game. The fact that he's so athletic and can get around and like, we already have plays in the system at Tennessee where the tackle pulls on counters and powers and he's pulling and lead blocking for the quarterback. Sometimes he can do that for Justin Fields. Like, it's going to be a great fit. I think this makes the Chicago Bears better, honestly, it, because that was their biggest struggle was defense. And okay, what the hell are we going to do? Because we can't have Justin run the ball every single time. We need some protection. Like he cannot be getting hit every, like this will not be sustainable. So what do we do? We beef up the offensive line. So I, I love it. I, he, I think he fits perfect. Um, and I like I'm really excited to see him get into the lineup immediately. Sorry, I was listening to you. I was looking because Annie's underneath me, underneath the desk, and I could I couldn't she was ripping all over a tail. She was she was ripping up a fabric shop softener sheet. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. So I once again, we we agree big time. I completely agree. I first off. As if I'm a, a Bears fan, you know, Titans, Titans were picking 11. So if they didn't pick him, say if they'd pick Peter Skaronsky and we got Darnell, I would have been so happy because I've watched the guy play and I think he's fantastic. And as long as he – I think the number one thing for basically 80% of these guys that get drafted that determines if they're good or not is just what they put in it. Truly. I mean, you know what I mean? Because they're getting drafted based on the fact that they can play ball. They, so if you go be a professional and you go put yeah. in the time, effort, energy, the little things, because everyone's unbelievable in the NFL. I remember talking to you, and you were like, "Reed, these guys are insane. Like, they're how good they're they freaks. are. And uh, so if you got to do all the little things, so as long as Darnell does that, I think, like you said, everything you said, I completely agree. He can go up there and immediately be one of their one of their good players. And it's a, if I'm if I'm a Bears fan, I'm pumped because I like. Yeah, I think I, like I think him. some Bears fans like didn't really know who Darnell was or like expecting that. But if any Bears fans are watching this, let us tell you that, that you got a killer. I mean, that highlight tape that the NFL draft showed after he got drafted. I'm like, that's it right there. Look yeah. at this. Look at him finish, dudes. Look at him get downfield and make those kind of blocks and literally run over people like. That's not easy at 335 pounds. Like he's not a small dude. He's huge. Feet feet change the game, man, and he's got great ones. And so, and, and yeah, and I think it stinks because they're like, oh, well, you're Tennessee fans. You just like him. I'm like, no, I call it how I see it. I'm not a homer at all the times. Uh, there's plenty of Tennessee players, and I'm like, nah, I'm fine with, with not drafting. You know, exactly. and, then, and then there's ones that I, I'm still very, very upset that the Titans – how do you miss out on a guy, Trey Smith, in that late of rounds? I don't care if he has the medical stuff. You're taking a flyer on him in the fifth or sixth round because if he turns out, he's great shape. So, anyways, I'm very, very happy for Darnell. Who's the next one you got on your list? Uh, so, Hendon coming right oh. off. I mean, we oh. talked about it a little bit. But I think Detroit's a great place. I think backing up Jared Goff and, and, and learning from him as he goes is great. I think the fact that he was drafted in the third round is – Here's some relief for you, right? You were you were talked about so much. You were a Heisman hopeful, like towards the end of the season before you got hurt. People were literally talking about you as if the ACL hadn't happened, you would have been ahead of Will and Anthony Richardson. So now going in the third round, less pressure, 
Okay. You're, you're, you're not the franchise guy right away. You have some time to learn. So, and then he gets to be under a veteran quarterback in this offense that does like, Hey, we're going to lean on our first round running back. We just got in Gibbs. Hey, we're going to lean on our athletes at wide receiver. We are going to throw the ball a good amount too, because if you look back at the games, Detroit was at least like 35, 38 attempts, 41 attempts a game. Um, so I think this fits great for Hinden's skill set. I think if they can introduce the kind of things that Heupel did, where the quarterback is running in designed runs, then it's perfect. Because right now, obviously, they don't have that with Jared Goff. But yeah, I I I think it's a great, great, great point. I didn't think about that. The pressure. Because I don't, I don't care what people say. Um, you can hear enough interviews, um, you know, with guys that got drafted really high that the pressure that it does come with and they feel mm-hmm. – matter of fact, I listened to a pod this weekend that was just talking about, you know, I listened to the Chris Long pod. He talks about the pressure that came with drafting number two overall. He interviewed Mike Mayock, which was a good interview, and they were talking about when the Raiders drafted uh, Cleveland Farrell out of Clemson number four overall and how it, like, affected him, especially those edge rushers, because if you don't put up sack numbers, then people are like, oh, you're a bust. Anyways, I digress. Third, like third, third, fourth round is a perfect spot because you're not pressured to do too much, but you have enough of opportunity, solidified success to where it's like they're not going to cut you if you don't play well in the preseason games. Like they'll probably still keep you and you'll be practice squad or whatever they because they just drafted you. Because so, the investment. That they just made yeah yeah so when i saw it i said wow great great spot sit behind jared goff jared goff gets a lot of flack but he came back better than ever last year had a really good year like i said that offensive coordinator is an absolute stud mm-hmm. they had the best offense in the nfl and you're thinking what a guy with jared goff but then they got and they barely won any game like they were like a 500 team well no they yeah they started like one and eight and then rattled off like 10 you know eight or nine ten wins in a row but amani st brown fantastic receiver they got is it williams or mechie they got one of i think it's williams that they drafted that yes it's the, williams. for from from uh, Alabama who's coming off the ACL. So he'll be back there. Like you said, they got Gibbs, they signed David Montgomery, you know, uh, pretty good offensive line. And it's, and it's Hendon can kind of be forgotten about besides Tennessee fans and Detroit fans. You're not going to hear much about Hendon because, and, and the other thing is too, I personally think that if he had never torn his ACL, I think he might get drafted a little bit higher, but I still think it wouldn't have been before, Will and I don't think before Anthony because I do personally think that the scouts, I think some of the scouts, it only takes one team, so that could kill my argument. But I do think a lot of the scouts look and say, I like Hendon, I think he's good, but I think it's more of Hypel. And I think Anthony Richardson and Will have more of the potential. And you know how getting drafted in these professional leagues is so much more about potential because, Mm. because. He still is supposed to be full go by next fall. So if a team really, really loved him, I don't think the ACL would have scared him off because he is supposed to be back by yeah. fall. Now, but I now, think maybe- the only reason I think the ACL would have made a difference is finishing the season, finishing versus Vandy, finishing versus Clemson, two more games under his belt, finishing as a Heisman finalist. I think he gets in. I think he gets the invite to New York if he's healthy. Um it being makes- able to throw at the pro day, being able to throw at the combine, being able to run at the combine. I think those things would have affected him 
And I think he would have gone a front in front of Will. Okay. Okay. We'll, di- we'll agree, disagree, because I don't want it to be misconstrued. It, he a thousand percent is going to get dr- – it hurt him. I'm just saying I don't think it hurt him where he was going to be like a, a top five or top ten or even, yeah. first, or, or even a first rounder. I think he maybe goes second round. But, okay, so anyways, great spot for him. I love Dan Campbell as a coach. Like I said, they got a great offensive coordinator. Go up there, chill, sit, learn. Everything that you hear, read, and see about Jared Goff's like an unbelievable dude. So I'm sure he's going to be great, you know, with, with Hendon. And um, so, yeah, I, I love that pick for them. Love it. Yeah, I agree. Um, next, Jalen to New York. The reason I like this one. Okay. You you go ahead because I don't I just know if things. I like this. Two quick things. The only reason I like this, for if I'm Jalen, is because they don't really have any other wide receivers. That that are he, he's not going to be buried on, on a depth chart, um, so that's that's number one. Now I know what you're going to say is they're not they don't really throw it a bunch. You don't trust Daniel Jones. I get all that, but with Jalen and the type of receiver that he is, all he needs is maybe three to four shots a game. He doesn't need six or seven or eight throws to get in the rhythm of the game, catch a hitch, catch a dig, catch a. 15-yard comeback, make some guys miss. No, he doesn't. They're going to run it with Saquon and Daniel Jones. They're going to do it, and then they're going to play action. They're going to look up, and Jalen could have – they could throw it to him four times. He's got two catches for 78 yards and one TD. And he's got – but he's got the highlight play. So that's why I think – and it helps him. And it it helps their team because he is that deep shot factor for them. And – that's personally why I think it's good. I, I get what you're about to say. You're going to be like, well, they don't throw it. He didn't have a good quarterback. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, that was that was my first reaction is, oh, crap, Jalen Hyatt now has Daniel Jones throwing to him. That that, that was it. It's just like, damn it. You know, like I, I wish it was a different quarterback because Daniel Jones, just he's just not the thrower. Like he like – they figured that out last season. They couldn't literally couldn't do anything without him running the ball. That he had to, um, and they've paid him a lot to be their quarterback moving forward. I agree with you in the way their offense is set up that the shot plays are there for Jalen. Like I literally wrote down in my notes, I just what Daniel Jones is bad, and then comma play action pass maybe like like that's that's the silver lining is. It fits Jalen's game. Think of Jalen as Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. I'm yeah. running deep. I'm yeah. going deep. You can throw it up to me if you want, but I'm going deep. Yep. Um, yeah. And Brian, Brian, you know, you like Brian Dayball. I like Brian Dayball. We think he's a fantastic head coach. So that, yeah. that was nice to go to a place where you trust trust the head coach. Um, and, and it's totally fair point where, where you're coming from. I actually am pulling up their roster right now because I am curious – uh, to see what other receivers they have, because I know they're not really any good. Yeah, Paris Campbell they signed. I remember them signing him. That's fine. Nothing special. Jameson Crowder, that boy's been in the league for about a kajillion years. So that's a good guy to learn from, but that's not someone that could really take you a spot. Let's yeah. see what wide receivers. Isaiah Hodgins, no. Colin Johnson, no. Don't even know who that is. Um, Jaden, no, no. These are some guys that are probably not even going to make the roster. That no, I mean, New York needed wide receivers. That was like one of their needs. So, so they, really, so that's what I thought. So they had they had Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. Those are really their their two guys that are their main ones. Jalen can easily be 
number three, number four, and get on the field. He could be a number two in certain packages when they want to hit one for of sure. their so, – so that that's why I think it's a good spot for him. Yeah. Making the roster-wise and being a part of the team, yes, it's a good spot. Getting the stats that you want and being a valuable member on the team, I don't know if it's great just because of the way their offense is run. We'll say that. I, I think he could be a valuable part. I think – I'm not saying he will be. I think he could be a valuable part of the team without having major stats just because of the offense. Okay. Uh, all right. Next up, Cedric uh, drafted right after Jalen to the Browns. This one I think is great because the Browns' only wide receiver is Amari Cooper, and he's going into his 10th year. So it's like, hey, Deshaun Watson needs somebody else besides tight ends to hit on on plays. You have probably the best two-back backfields in the NFL, even though it might not show in wins. And then if Deshaun Watson can figure this out, you know, he he didn't perform well his last few games last year that he got to play. But if he gets back to form like he was at Houston, I mean, we know about him. Mm-hmm. We had to watch him play against the Titans twice a year. Yeah. This can – I mean, Cedric is almost walking in as wide receiver too without having to practice. Like, the other wide receivers there, it's just – they're not it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. I think he's definitely walking in as wide receiver three. Give some, you know, obviously Amari Cooper is going to be great to come in and learn from. There's a couple old guys, older guys that have been six, seven years in the league. So I think, yeah, walk in, you're probably automatically number three. Learn from these guys. As long as he can pick up the offense pretty quickly, I completely agree. I see him having a really, really good shot to get on the field, get on the field early and make a difference. And you know how I love said, I think he can do everything for you. Yeah. Uh, catch and run all the routes he can high point balls he can do block so yeah I, I i think it's a probably 1a 1b of places that he could go that are like okay you're you're you look to be set up really well right now and they do i think their coaches i think their coach is pretty good yeah and i think what you just said i the blocking like the the amount that they run the ball they need wide receivers that block yeah you yeah. have to like they couldn't they couldn't draft some of the other guys in this class who aren't good blockers. Yeah, this team, this team would not have does not need Jalen Hyatt. No, no, that's not who they need. Uh, okay, and then Byron Young, our boy, freaking love it. Um, number seventy-seven to the Rams. I'm looking over the roster. Byron's like the one true D end that they have. They they've got some like big defensive ends of like 270, 285. But Leonard Floyd, who was there last year, no longer there. Gone. Um, it kind of just opens up that spot for him. He's the true D end. And then to have Aaron Donald in the same room as you, the amount that you can learn from him, one, and two, the amount this man can bail you out. If you have some twist game, if you have some intricate blitz, if you have some, you know, I don't know what gap I'm in. Think about the experience Aaron Donald has and like the way he plays the game, how he can just cover for other people and cover for mistakes. Like I would love if I was a defensive end to play next to Aaron Donald. I would love if I was an inside linebacker to play behind Aaron Donald. Yeah. 
like the amount of double teams he requires, like they are required to double team him. It just, it makes, it makes things easier for the other guys. So that I absolutely love. Um, I think LA is a good team overall. I like Sean McVay. I think, you know, they make good decisions about this kind of stuff. There's a reason they won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Um, they take risks, but they're calculated risks. So I, I love this for Byron. I really do. I, I mean, especially from where he came from, everybody talks about it. But this is, I mean, what a special, what a special time for him. And I think this is a great team for him to be on. Everything that you said, completely agree. If I'm him, I am so, so ecstatic. First off, I do think they are a good organization. I think with Sean McVay, um, I guess it's less neat, I think, is their GM. Um, I, I just think they're – yeah, I think they're a good organization. I respect the fact that they went all in. If the Titans went all in and won a Super Bowl and then they're trash for the next five, six years, I don't care. I have a Super Bowl. That's it. Yeah. So it's 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 like – Give me give me that Super Bowl and you can have a bunch of crappy years and then I'll check back in and be like, okay, are, are we are we building this thing back up? Um, so I think it's a good organization. I, I personally, if I'm him, I would love rushing on that turf. I'd feel I'd feel so fast. I would. Aaron Donald would absolutely despise me if I was Byron Young because I'm watching everything he does. I'm asking him a million questions. I'm yeah. following him everywhere. He is literally the goat or one of the goats with. You know, Reggie White, you know, Lawrence Taylor, some of these other, um, you know, J.J. Watts of the world. Um, and you brought up Leonard Floyd, who was there, who was not there anymore. Leonard Floyd got drafted pretty high. Wasn't wasn't very, very good. And then he goes to L.A. and he starts putting up some of his better numbers of his career. Hmm, I, I wonder why that is. <laughs> yeah. I wonder that is. Because you have a guy that are two spots down from you on the offensive line that's getting double <coughs> So, yes, fantastic spot for BY. Mm -hmm. um, I would love – like I said, I'd love to play in that dome, love to play in that stadium, on the turf. Only thing that stinks is the taxes he's going to have to pay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's, that's, the, only thing I felt, that's the only thing I felt bad. I said, bro, you're going to look swaggy. You're going to play for an awesome head coach. You got Aaron Donald in there. Only thing that sucks is the government's about to wreck you on this money. So, other than that, but, I'm yes, I'm very, very happy for him. Yeah, you better hope you play the Titans, the Texans, the Cowboys, the Dolphins. Is that how it is each week? Literally by state, which state you play in. So, so you if you're a California team, you're playing most of your games in California at home, but your away games are going to get taxed how that state is taxed. That's nice. Yeah. What about what about like this? But his signing bonus and stuff gets taxed from where he is. Uh, I believe like L.A. Right. I don't, I don't know if a signing bonus gets taxed because it's technically a bonus. Okay, hopefully it doesn't. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going through all these rosters that I pull stuff up too. And the other thing is too is yeah they they're they're oh that's cool they already have BY on their roster. They're having him on here in his little uh, Tennessee picture. But yeah, there's not there's there's a lot of opportunity there because besides Aaron Donald, they they don't have. You know, like you said, Leonard Floyd's gone. Von Miller's not there. Michael Brockers got traded when they traded Goff. So, yeah, he's going to have some some nice opportunity. All right, exactly. next. Um, okay, so that's the all of the drafted guys. Um, some of the undrafted that signed in free agency. We got Jeremy Banks going to Tampa. Um, that one's tough. That's not, That one's tough. That's not they drafted 
the guy from Pittsburgh, uh, Bennett. Good player. Good, good hey, player. Hey, we talked about him. Pittsburgh got Pittsburgh got multiple guys drafted, and every time they showed the highlights, I was like, damn, I remember him. Their defensive tackle, fantastic player, running back, good player. And that linebacker was a good player. So, yeah, I mean, I remember talking about him before the game. I was like, this is the guy to freaking watch for. So, great player. They drafted him. They also have Levante and Devin White. Devin White. And Shaquille Barrett. Like, they – they still have very good at linebackers. They um, also – I know Shaquille's probably considered an outside backer, a.k.a. defensive end. And they yeah. also got last year early on, or maybe it was even two years ago, that was like a linebacker edge guy. So when I saw this for him, I was like, man, that's that's, that's a tough spot to break into. It's it's great. He's going to get some great guys to learn from, but he might be learning from them for about two weeks and then he might get – you know, he might get cut. Just honestly. To, yeah, so like, – Special teams might be his only opportunity, and that might not even be that great of an opportunity for him because the linebacker room is so deep. Yeah. Like, there's other linebackers in there that can be special teams guys that have been on, on the team for two or three years. Right. So, right. Jeremy might not end up there. You know what I mean? Like, he might get cut and then end up somewhere else right. that needs more linebackers. It, it's just that that is a part that sucks about just going to where he's going. Um, but who knows? We'll see. I got a I got a hot take for you. Our next guy, yes, Big Jerome. Uh huh. I love him, and Kansas City's got some great play, people to learn from. But damn it, that's not where you wanted to go. No, sir, that I, is not where you wanted to go. They're the great. they're great talent players. that they yeah. have is insane. Great culture, obviously. Great yeah. fans. You could, if you made the team, you're going to have a chance to win a Super Bowl every year that you're there. But that's just it. Their offensive line with Creed, with Trey. I mean, it's just it's 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 just not. So I, not their I, interior three, I would say, at, in their positions, Joe Tooney. I literally was with him when he was with the Patriots. We came out of the same class. Creed Humphreys, Trey Smith, could arguably be in the top five for their positions. Yeah. All, all, all right there. And then you have guys that have been there for years backing them up. Yeah. It's just Jerome got drafted to a place with an abundance of whatever Jerome is. And yeah. that sucks. Yeah. It's just, I it like, he's not going to, I don't think he'll be able to make practice squad with how many linemen they're going to have on the team yeah. and know they know that Trey could play center. They know that Joe Tooney could play center. They, they, they're not dying for another backup. Um, so this might be one of those where Jerome ends up on a different team. Yeah. And I, and I you know, it, it's nerve wracking. It's exciting. It's all the above. It's cool that he's going to get to go there. He's going to get to be around Trey. Trey's going to be able to help him. Oh, yeah. Those first couple days, first week, however long he might be there with not just stuff on the field, but just all the other stuff that comes with all of this, like all the outside, not noise, but just all the little things. I mean, he's going to be moving there, but he might only be there for a couple weeks. And so Trey's like, hey, don't do this. Don't worry about this. Let's let's just focus on the field. Let's worry mm -hmm. about this. Hey, if you do get cut here, it's not the end of the road. And so he's going to be able to really speed up that learning process for Jerome, which is great so that he can hopefully take that somewhere else when he is going to try to make another team yeah. that, that has better opportunity. Yeah, I agree. I think – and who knows how long that lasts. 
Jerome might make it all the way to the end and be practice squad this whole year. Yeah, we don't know. We don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, they don't know. Um, and then next up, Princeton Fant uh, to the Cowboys. Sucks for him, too. They drafted the Michigan tight end earlier in the draft, I think like second round. Um, Dallas is an offense that uses a lot of tight ends, that that likes their tight ends, that likes them. Dak Prescott likes them as his security blanket, which is great. But it's tough when you're the second one picked for that team. Um, and also, like, I don't know. I've heard some things about Princeton, and I don't know how humble he might be and humble enough to be like, I'll be a special teams guy in that kind of way. Like, I'm going to be the best special teams guy that I can be. I don't know if that's in his makeup. Really? Yeah. Where did you hear this? You, know that, no, I have, you haven't told me this stuff. <clears throat> that information. So it's like a friend of a friend who uh, went to school, went to the same school as Princeton Fan. So I don't, I always take it with a grain of salt that That's he was good. like, yeah. yeah. So, but he was like, Princeton was very, he knew that he was the best. This is high school though. This is high school. Right. Right. Okay. This is, yeah. Definitely high school. But, I don't think that left Princeton after watching him last year and the amount of confidence he had. I don't think that left him. So when you do have that attitude, it can be very good for you because you can have confidence out on the field. And if something bad goes wrong, you're fine. You can bounce right back because you have that confidence. But when the going gets tough and you're told you're not worth it, you are not our top two to three guys. You got to go on special teams, and that's all you're going to be playing for the next year, year and a half. That's tough on guys, especially if they were ballers in college. Some it's, guys don't make it because they don't have that mental capacity to be like, okay, like I'm second fiddle, but I'm going to work. That, that, that's hard to do. It's the Josh Malone story, maybe a little – pre-Big Orange Juice, but this is when you and I were on the sideline of the for the Tennessee-Florida game, and mm-hmm. I run into a buddy of mine who is really good friends with Brett Kendrick. They went to Grace Christian together, and I was talking to uh, Steve, and we were just chopping it up, and he's like, yeah, I walked into Brett's house, and there's a dude sitting on the couch, and I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? I'm Steve, and he's like, oh, hey, what's up? I'm Josh. And Steve being Steve goes, oh, like Josh Malone. He's like, yeah. And he's like, Steve goes, oh, aren't you with the Titans? And he's like, no, they, 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 what do you say? He goes, no, they screwed me over. And it's like, yeah. And, and so Steve was like, oh, uh, sorry, man. Okay. Best of luck. Like, <laughs> you know, like didn't know how to react to that. And Steve is great. Cause he's like a great guy, funny, just a good dude, but he doesn't necessarily like understand all the ins and outs of that stuff. So he was like, oh, they screwed you over. Like my bad. Like he doesn't get it. Yeah. No. But the mindset is like, no, Josh, you're probably just not good enough, bro. Like you've had your chance in the league. You've been around for four or five years. You've been in and out of, um, you know, practice squads and stuff, but you know, then you're at the Titans for three weeks and they screwed you over. Yeah. I'm sure that if they thought you were good enough, they were just going to screw you over and let you go. It's like, no. And that's the exact same thing. That's tough for these guys. It's tough because like Josh Malone, Josh Malone's a five-star, one of the top players in the country, goes to the university of Tennessee, plays fine. I don't think he was anything special, but it was fine. And that mentality never leaves. So like you said, that 
arrogant, ignorant confidence is great. But sometimes you have to take a step back and have a little bit of realization. And like you said, yeah, Princeton maybe needs to go in and say, okay, and I just pulled up the Cowboys roster. They've got about five tight ends already on the roster. I know. Then they draft one and say, I have to do everything to make this team. I got to let them know that I'll run down on kickoff and make a tackle. I'll block on punt. I will tackle on punt. I'll wash Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones's car. I'll take out the track. <laughs> I'll do whatever you need me to do. Is he willing to do that? I don't know. I don't think Princeton's an NFL player. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so him going undrafted doesn't surprise me. Now, for his position, he's a good fit guy, but he's not one of these, you know, these tight ends you see in the NFL or, you know, 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", 250, run like a deer. You know, he's, you know, 6'2", you know, 230, 240. You know, he kind of – looks like an overgrown uh, running back or linebacker playing tight end. So yeah, we'll see what happens. He's got an opportunity. That's all you can ever ask for. That's true. I mean, he he might even be more of a fullback-ish size. H-back-ish, yeah. 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 Um, okay. Right, let's go. So. Let's go. Big orange juice. Let, <laughs> let's let me see the big orange juice. All right. So if you all are new to this, Always, when you see that there's a big orange juice, just if you don't want to hear anything else, just fast forward it because these stories are the best stories that Kyler's telling that I have. They're funny. They are what you want to hear. They are what I used to call and ask Kyler because we would crack up and ask him. We have done these probably two years ago when we first started and we had about 16 viewers. Yeah. So you may hear the same stories over, but they are great stories. Go. Yeah, so this is a great story because it's one of the first ones that ever happened. Um, it was about a month into me being at Tennessee. Um, we had just come back from the break in the middle of the summer. You always get about a week off the first week of July or last week of June. So we come back from the break, start working out again. And it's, you know, when you come back, they're always trying to kill you because you were just gone for a week. You went on vacation, whatever you did. So we come back, we're getting our asses beat, you know, by, by the strength staff. I mean, it's just horrible. And during this time, a troublemaker is on the team known as Derek Rogers. Um, so Derek did not come back. He was not back when he was supposed to be uh, for that week of, you know, working out. And then we see him post something like on Thursday of him down at the beach on Twitter. This is back when Twitter was nice and big. Um, it was a new social media. I thought it was I, honestly. I'm not trying to interrupt. I thought it was Snapchat. You guys saw it. No, no, no. It was it was Twitter. Okay. Um, but he posts a picture of him on the beach, and I think some people knew where he was. Other people were, didn't, and then everyone knew and was like, "Are you serious?" Because like we're getting our asses beat right now, and you're at the fucking beach. So people were not happy. Um, including Coach McKeefrey, who is our strength coach. So Derek gets back the following Monday. He we go to workouts on that Monday. Uh, we do our warm up. We're out on the indoor practice field, um, and we're all there. The whole team's there. Uh, coach McKeefrey brings everybody up, and he was like, he pretty much started this, but he said. You know, somebody didn't show up when they were supposed to show up. And 
this team needs to be led by men and it's not on me. I'm not the one to lead this team, but somebody needs to say something. And that's all I'm going to say. And then walked away. Didn't break it down. Didn't do nothing. He just like walked away. So, and this is why I love him so much, but Malik Jackson gets up into the middle of the circle and calls to Rick over. And Rick, I mean, Dirk's got all the confidence in the world. He, I mean, he does not give a shit about anything. He doesn't care about anything unless he cares about it. You know what I mean? Like, does not matter if someone else cares about it. If it's not what he cares about, who, like, it's not on his radar. Yeah, he's just, he's a diva. He's a punk. He exactly. About stats. He cares about him. And that's it. He cares about one on ones at practice, not about team. Prime <laughs> example. <laughs> like, uh, so he comes out of the middle of the circle and Malik starts letting him have it. Just, just, you're a punk ass bitch. I, you know, you can't like, how dare you show up when you did like, like, you know, you're embarrassing to this team. Like I will smack the f- out of you. I, like all that, like really getting in direct face, just like really just, you don't deserve to be on Like, how dare you do this? And, you know, direct is like, F you. Like, I, I like, I don't give a shit. <clears throat> I went on vacation. I came back when I came back. Like this workout's gonna help me at all. Like, fuck these dudes. Like, I don't need them to be a good player. Like, that's what Derek's saying. That's his mindset. <clears throat> and Malik ultimately is like, you better fucking apologize right now. You better apologize to me and everybody else on this team. If you don't, I'm gonna smack the shit out of you. And Derek's like, I ain't apologizing for shit. And Malik just goes, okay. And I mean, winds up. I mean, Malik's two ninety. Yeah. And smacks the ever-living crap out of Derek right across the face. It echoes throughout the entire indoor. Like, because everybody was quiet listening to them argue. And then it just erupts. Like, everybody just piled in to split up. Some people were trying to get swings in (laughs) because some wide receivers were on Derek's side. Some defensive linemen were on Malik's side. Um... And just made a pile up. It was then split up. Uh, Derek did not work out with us that day. <laughs> he went back to uh, the locker room. Um, but it was still, it was still the remnants of what locker rooms kind of used to be. Uh, you hear stories about like Big John Henderson would beat the shit out of you if you did something like this. If you disrespected someone out on the field. Um, It was was just like, you better not, or the biggest, toughest dude on the team, who's the oldest, is actually going to beat you up. Like, that's how locker rooms used to be. And I think it was important for Malik to say that to Derek. I don't think violence is always the answer. But if he warned him enough times, and Derek still didn't take it very serious, um, that's what kind of happens. but there are guys that sometimes need a smack in the face to wake up and maybe be humbled. That didn't work with the Rick. Um, he never was humbled. He continued to do whatever he wanted. And then Cordero Patterson showed up and Derek was no longer needed. So he was let go from the team. Um, and I mean, you can see like he had talent, obviously 
He made it on a team. He caught touchdowns for the Colts. But if you're that full of yourself and you're not willing to put in any other work that you see that you don't see as valuable, you're 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 not humble enough to make it. That's literally it. You're just not humble enough to make it. Great story. I love I love the story. Um, now Malik was a redshirt senior at the time, or senior. Yes. And then Derek from USC. Derek was a sophomore, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. Okay, because he had been there, he had a little bit. I love the other part of the story because you say it's kind of for a longer time, but Derek was always given issue or given the coaches issues and just being prima donna and just a problem. He's just being a problem in a bad way, not yeah. not a problem. And uh, I always remember you say that Cordell Passon legitimately showed up, that Derek was still being an issue. They The coaches see Cordell one practice, they see him one time, and the next day Derek was not on the team anymore. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Literally. It was, it, Derek was there for his talent and for his talent alone. That was it. Everything else, he was a freaking headache. And Dooley just let him do him because he needed his talent. And that was one of the downfalls of Dooley is that he didn't have any control of the team. But as soon as he found someone else in CP, Derek was kicked to the curb, baby. See you later. Yeah, there's a, there's a very fine line, very fine line of what you put up with because of someone's talent. Now, that Tennessee team wasn't very good. Put up a lot of points. They didn't win a ton of games. No. And it's like, did you really need Derek? Did he did he really help you win a couple of games? Did did yeah, he maybe stat-wise made some plays to help you win some games, but then overall, did he do, did he do more to kill the culture? It's it's a very fine line with these coaches and you know, hey, you you hire your own problems. You recruit, That's right. you recruit your own problems. So, I really really love the fact that Malik stood up to him and I love that Malik said you need to apologize because that's true like we're all in this. You guys were out on on break. You came back when you were supposed to. He decided he wanted to have his dead period a little bit longer. And it's not like, oh, he had family issues. It's not like, oh, where is he? I hope he's okay. No, dude's flaunting that he's out on some beach relaxing while you guys are here getting absolutely murdered. Yeah. And then the fact when he's called out and he doesn't like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry I'm wrong about this. So my only question about this is uh, were there any other good swings, any other good punches, any other good hits? And then what was little freshman Kyler doing? Were you just giggling and laughing? Were you trying to break it up or what? <laughs> there was not any other good hits, um, attempted swings, but nothing landed anywhere. Um, people were quick enough to try and break it up or pull people apart. But I just remember uh, uh, Milton was a wide receiver, number 85, never played. Uh, I can't remember his first name. Real tall, skinny dude. Um, I remember he was standing right beside me in this thing and realized what happened. And he was trying to go defend to Rick. He was like, oh, hell no. And he was like trying to jump over the thing. <laughs> like trying to jump over people to like get to the middle and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I just remember like looking around and like watching like the pile move. And it was just like, uh, shit. Like yeah. what the hell's going on? I wasn't jumping in there. I, I I just met these guys like four weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, like that ain't my place. I'm a freshman, so I'm just I, watching. Like, I, oh so shit! I'm a year older than you. I could totally see if I was on that team together that you and I would have been like, 
<laughs> like joke, like joking. We're like, oh, and then and then right when it happened, I would like jumped on your back. We were like, oh no, all hell's break. Like we were just been making a joke of the whole thing, just yeah. like stupid, because it's like you're not getting into it, so I'm not defending you. I'm not getting into it. So you're not defending me, so we're just laughing the whole thing, like because we know how Derichus an idiot, and so yeah. yeah. I was just then I, you're, you know, then the whole workout is just like in between sets being like, damn, that was a lot of smack I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I can just see you. I just picture like like big old Kyler with his shirt tucked in, just like I'm a new freshman around here. And then like, you see all that and you're like, oh. <laughs> like just my bald face, nothing, no facial yeah, hair, yeah. my just, little like comb over sweep in front of my eyes. Just, yeah. yeah, you're just like, oh, did you see that? Is this oh what it's like? Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great. I'm glad. I'm, I love to have. I love to have big orange juice back. Yeah, me too. I think it's. I think it's fun. Um, and we'll keep it up. I'm, I've got quite a few stories. That was one of the ones I've told before for people that have been listening for so long. But yeah, <laughs> I got some other good ones too. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. All right, man. Great See you, pod. See you, brother. See. You. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. If you are watching, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and leave a comment. We absolutely love the comments. If you're just listening, rate and review, download and re-download, um, and follow us on all those listening platforms. Also follow us on social media, uh, at Pancakes and Bacon on Twitter, at Pancakes and Bacon underscore RTI on Instagram, at rbacon26 for Reed on Twitter, at Kyler Curbison on all social medias for myself. Um, and yeah, just really appreciate you guys. Uh, all your support is what drives this podcast to keep going. So as always, go Vols.